0: Hello, I'm Michael Watson, and this is the Influence Watch podcast. George Soros, the famous liberal billionaire investor philanthropist, is over 90 years old, which would motivate anyone in his position to think about his succession. This week, The Wall Street Journal profiled the heir apparent, Soros' son, Alexander, who claims to be even more political than his father. Joining me to discuss Alex Soros and the future of the Soros family advocacy philanthropic empire are my colleagues, Sarah Lee and Parker Thayer. Uh, welcome back, Parker, uh, Parker and Sarah.
1: Thank you. Hi.
0: So uh, I guess we'll start with Parker. Can you tell us a little bit about Alex Soros?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, so Alex Soros, for those of us who... Pay close attention to the Open Societies Foundation and George Soros' operations generally. Open uh, Society you...
0: Foundation, uh, quick interruption. Uh, Open Society Foundation, that is George Soros and now the Soros family's yes. principal philanthropic for advocacy purposes vehicle,
1: yes? Yes. And it's it's a, a network that it, it's not just in the United States. This is spanning continents, dozens of countries. Open Societies Foundation is uh, kind of uh, operating on a global scale. Um, and it's generally the open societies network is the name for sources philanthropic network worldwide um for those who pay attention to it it's been kind of apparent for uh many years now that alex soros has become uh the heir apparent to uh the open societies network uh this is a guy who has been over the course of the last year uh visited the white house over 17 times he's in the last year met personally with uh president biden vice president harris um and senior congressional leaders like uh, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, um, you know, he's ext- he he is very much like his father. His political beliefs are very similar, um, and he's he's kind of been the obvious uh, choice for the next man up. Since Soros is, after all, 92 years old and has been uh, aging less than gracefully for a while.
0: So what uh, I guess. Do we know why it was Alex who got chosen and not Jonathan? Because I, I, I am familiar, a little more familiar with Jonathan Soros, uh, yeah, so George's Jonathan other other Soros, son, I, who is also quite
1: yeah. political. He, he's, Jonathan Soros, for those who might not know, is one of Soros' other children. He's the, the eldest child in the, uh, in the family. Um, he kind of has parted ways with Open Society's Foundation. Uh, actually, rather long ago, he left Soros' investment fund Uh, Back in 2011, uh, briefly after uh, some disputes over senior hiring uh, choices, uh, George and Jonathan kind of clashed on that. Jonathan's always been a, uh, you know, a a powerful personality uh, and and did not always get along with his dad. Um, Alex is, you know, uh, a much more reserved person. He's, He's not as powerful of a person. The Wall Street Journal article notes that he's, kind of uncomfortable in a room as a public speaker he's um, you know uh, more willing to follow in his dad's footsteps than try and make his own path
0: so uh, now that it looks like Alex is going to be the is going to be the successor what what roles does he already hold
1: uh, yeah so Alex is already on the board of the open societies network he is the only uh, family member who is on the uh, investment committee of the Soros fund management which is the soros family hedge fund that controls i think wall street journal says about 25 billion dollars currently um, so he he's already in leadership roles um and obviously has taken a head on the political activism side of the open societies network as well he as i said mentioned uh, as i mentioned he's visited the white house many times um he's close with political figures like Stacey abrams and has, has kind of started to try and lead his own initiatives um some of which are working and others are not.
0: (laughs) Could you go into into that a little
1: bit? Yeah, Um, so on on the investment side of things, uh, it's safe to say Alex Soros does not have the business acumen of his father, who once famously made a billion dollars in one day by uh, shorting the English pound sterling. Um, Alex, uh, who is, as I mentioned, the only family member on the uh, investment committee uh, for the hedge fund, uh, under his watch, the hedge fund recently invested about 2 billion dollars in an electric vehicle call a company called Rivian. If you haven't heard of Rivian, I wouldn't blame you because they don't sell much at all. We, uh, we know
2: like, Rivian in Georgia.
1: Oh yes, I'm sure you know Rivian in Georgia. They're mm-hmm. building a mega factory and trying to rival Tesla in the electric vehicles market particularly. I think they, uh, they
0: make that weird Do they make the- are they the ones that make that weird looking truck?
1: Yes, mm-hmm. they make they're, they're one of the only electric vehicle pickup trucks obviously competing with things like the Ford Lightning uh, and the Tesla Cybertruck. Um, I don't
2: think that the company's doing that well.
1: No, it, it is not doing that well. In fact, uh, in less than a year, they put in $2 billion and were one of the first initial investors alongside people like Ford and Amazon. Um, Amazon's, if you've seen their new goofy delivery vans, those mm-hmm. are Rivian's, um, the big tall ones that look like they're going to tip over all the time. <laughs> um, Rivian has lost... Uh, they initially bought their shares somewhere between $170 per share. It's now a little bit below $15 per share. Ooh. They've lost nearly a billion dollars in less than a year on Alex Soros's watch. And I'm, you know, I'm sure he wasn't the only one involved in the decision, but it's safe to say he's probably uh, a senior shot caller at the hedge fund now. Um, so he clearly does not have his father's business acumen. On the other hand, uh, he does have his father's uh, gift with political maneuvering. Um, under Open, Soci- Open Society Foundation uh, had a executive, uh, the former uh, executive director of U.S. operations was a man named by the name of Tom Perriello, or Perriello, I can never remember. Uh,
0: Perriello, former Pariello. former congressman for one term, yes. then he served in the Obama administration State Department, I think.
1: Yes, exactly. And, um, and under Perriello, or Perriello, sorry, he... Uh, <laughs> The Open Society, uh, Periello and Alex visited the White House numerous times and were both present at the White House's party for the signing of the Inflation Reduction Act. Uh, the Open Society's foundation under Alex Soros kind of de facto leadership since uh, his father is rather old. Um, Periello was uh, present on the floor at the time on the, uh, on the floor of the House at the time when the Inflation Reduction Act was passed. And he, uh, in a political article mentioned that he was so happy uh, at its signing that he wept, uh, in front of his mother while watching it on TV. Those are his own words. Uh, they're extremely involved in this. The Soros, uh, network was extremely involved in pushing the inflation reduction act, which obviously was successfully passed. Uh, and conveniently in the inflation reduction act after Soros fund management was about a billion dollars in the hole on a bad electric vehicle investment. The Inflation Reduction Act includes all kinds of subsidies subsidies for electric vehicle purchasing and for building charging networks.
2: Shocking! But
1: amazing <laughs> how that happens, right? Um, you know, it, it's clear that the Open Society's Network was very closely involved with the pushing of the Inflation Reduction Act, uh, and Alex has been the de facto kind of family head there. Uh, For the past several years. So, you know, he has some skill with political maneuvering, to be sure.
0: Uh, Sarah, do you have any questions for Parker or any comments on that?
2: Uh, Yeah. Well, I I think that to the, the last point that you made about his skill at political maneuvering. I need to finish watching the show Succession because that's what this <laughs> Wall Street Journal article kind of, you know, this sort of coming out story about, um, you know, Alex Soros being the successor. That's what it reminded me of was the, the yeah. show Succession. Um, and I think the way that I read it um, and I, and I want to get back to the point you just made about his political skills as opposed to his financial acumen. Jonathan, I think, was probably the better choice. And they kind of downplay in that that piece the falling out that they had, Uh, you know, George, I think they, they characterize it as like George felt undermined because they clashed on some hiring decisions and Jonathan felt disrespected. So he probably was always supposed to be the guy and now he's pivoting quickly to Alexander. So what, so what was clear to me was they're giving Alexander the reins. So what is Alexander good at? He's good at the politics. And he even says in that piece well, I'm very concerned about Donald Trump coming back to the White House, and so I think we're gonna be even more involved in politics. Yeah. So so there's that, but then the other thing, cause you've done so much work on this and I, I wanna make sure we talk about it, mm-hmm. is he, they, they downplay it again, sort of rhetorically in the piece, but they talk about, you know, they like you know soros has enjoyed uh, supporting left-leaning candidates
1: mm-hmm.
2: especially ones that are interested in you know reducing incarceration rates
1: yeah, talk a little
2: ways. bit about that
1: yeah. <laughs> um you know it's also very safe to say alex uh, kind of took on a leadership position at open studies foundation and in his father's network back in 2015 which is around the time that uh, george soros started donating very generously to, uh district attorney campaigns, so, you know, upwards of $40 million to date uh, with, you know, about two dozen directly funded candidates in office today, uh, controlling, you know, estimates range from 20 to 40% of the U.S. population lives in areas where, you know, Soros aligned or Soros funded district attorneys are in control. Um, you know, if Alex Soros is taking on this leadership position that he appears to have taken on since around 2016 um he was deeply involved with encouraging his father to donate to these district attorney uh, campaigns so i think we can expect the uh criminal justice reform aspect of both the open societies network and the soros family's political giving uh to main at very least maintain if not increase uh in scale uh under alex's leadership i mean we should all remember uh the, the Soros family, you know, their their personal pack called Democracy Pack Two, has about a hundred million dollars still sitting in it, just waiting to be used. Uh, so there, there's a lot of uh, you know already available cash for Alex Soros uh, to begin spending as soon as he takes over.
2: Uh, can I say something here, Mike? I know you know I'm I'm jumping in, but. Can I just ask you guys what you think about the criminal? This is it's on topic, but slightly off topic about the criminal justice reform effort that has been sort of taken over and put on steroids right. by people like George Soros. Like, I, I feel like sometimes people that would normally, uh, you know, agree that the, the Soros prosecutors are doing bad things. Also, sometimes they're kind of like. But the incarceration rate for like minor crimes was kind of high, so so what do you think about that? And especially like in relation to Asaurus, who then came in and like put it on steroids.
1: Yeah, I, I would say. I mean, I would say that the incarceration rate for minor crimes um, in the United States is. I mean, most people in in jail in the United States are not there for minor crimes; they're there for violent felonies. Um, People being incarcerated for minor crimes—you uh, know—one important aspect of prosecution in the United States is that it incapacitates criminals who would otherwise be committing murders. And you know, the dramatic increase in things like homicide rate, uh, you know, violent assaults, um, you know, gun-related violence, and um, and and deaths going up is kind of a side effect of taking this loosey-goosey attitude towards uh, what we call minor crime. Um, it's the Soros network. It's it's it used to be known for generic, you know, broad political maneuvering, but since twenty sixteen, it, it the the face of the Soros network is now criminal justice reform. It's it's an issue that they have gone fully into, and and I don't think the results have been very good either for the country or for Soros's public reputation.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've I think that there there was an opportunity in the mid twenty tens to fix some of the problems with the criminal justice system. Mm -hmm. Uh, Our our prisons are, in many cases, frankly, inhumane. Uh, You know, our, you know, how long we put people away for, you know, beyond that point of, you know, how many 60-year-olds do we need to keep in prison? Mm -hmm. You know, as the crime rate was going down from its 1990s highs, that was something that I think was very worth looking at mm-hmm. the problem is the um, the activists that were activated on the left with a lot of the funding from the open society foundations is that again they turned it up to 11 they weren't looking yeah. for they weren't looking for discrete problems that could be addressed mm-hmm they wanted to fundamentally turn over the system. And then after, you know, uh, after the, after the cop murders, George Floyd, then they're talking about abolishing the police.
1: Yeah. And, and,
0: and combine that with the general destruction of society that the COVID COVID and the lockdowns caused mm -hmm. and crime shot, you know, it's not back up to nineties levels, but that's not saying much.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, the source network, like you said, they're, they're going all the way on this, on this and it, has, that has been the fatal flaw, I think, of the movement. Uh, I mean, you know, George Soros spending over $600,000 in places like, I believe it was Washington, on ballot measures that just legalized all drugs, cocaine, heroin, I mean, all of it. I don't think the average person supports that, and I don't think that is necessarily a good idea. You know, there's room to, there's certainly room for debate on how uh, the US treats, you know, drug offenses. But, the open societies network and i think people like alex soros want to do is is not have a debate or a discussion which is precisely why they funded district attorney campaigns in the first place they didn't go to the legislature legislature and try to convince people with reasoned and rational debate or with research and data and statistics they went to the district attorneys and found ideologues who are willing to supplant that process of debate and legislation With their own priorities and 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 also and
0: also that were high, that were high, theoretically high yield investments. Yeah, you didn't have to put in as much to win control of a DA of -hmm. a DA seat versus you know Congress versus governors. Yes, where there where other interests and other region, you know, and other regions within a within you know, other. Sub-jurisdictions within a region might have their own say. Uh, now, if you get the D, if you get the DA, the DA has and, the prosecutorial authority to, yeah. you know, not charge crimes.
1: Yeah, uh, it was a political arbitrage opportunity. Uh, you know, I, I mentioned that Soros, Alex Soros does not have his father's business acumen, but he applies some of that old Soros business acumen to politics. Um, and this is kind of a thing that was mentioned in the Wall Street Journal article about his, uh, you know, coming of age, as it were, to the Open Societies Foundation leadership. Uh, you know, people in the Soros uh, Open Societies network have noted that Alex is kind of annoying with how hands on he can be. He shows up to meetings they mentioned with notebooks and and he, he loves to be in charge of, um, you know, projects and see them all the way through. Uh, so I think we can expect, uh, you know, the DA campaigns is something that kind of has Alex's signature all over it. It's, it's something that he, you know, perhaps was deeply involved in it. It certainly looks like something being pushed by a person who is very hands-on, very involved, uh, knows exactly what he wants, um, and is willing to send money wherever it needs to go uh, to accomplish the goal that he is he's hyper-focused on.
2: What is that goal? I know. uh, Sorry, Mike. What is the goal? Like people are always asking me because they know where I work and they know we do a lot of work on Soros and they know we follow the money, et cetera, et cetera. What does he want? Like, what does he, and I always picture that meme of like Oscar the Grouch wearing the reflective sunglasses and you can see like the nuclear bomb going off in the distance reflected in the sunglasses. Mm -hmm. And I think it says something like, you know, some men just like to watch the world burn or
1: something. Yeah. And I
2: swear that's what I think about. I'm like, I don't really know, except I think he just enjoys the upheaval.
1: I, it is a comforting thought sometimes, I think, it's particularly for conservatives, to imagine that our enemies are extremely smart and that people who are advocating for left-wing policies are, are evil and, and very intelligent and uh, you know maneuvering in ways that we could only imagine to try and accomplish things i think the reality is and and soros has written an op-ed to this effect he actually they actually believe this is working because they have and they've assembled a, one of the largest philanthropic echo chambers and political echo chambers ever assembled in human history they you know they fund the the professors and the researchers and the the think tanks that come up with these studies that kind of fudge the numbers to make sure that it appears that these criminal justice reform da's uh, you know, maybe the, the crime wave isn't their fault. It's just the fault of COVID. Even though the crime wave didn't happen in other countries, like European countries, during COVID, during the COVID pandemic, um, they're they're trying to find ways to explain it away, um, and they they pay the people who explain it away, and then they believe the data that comes back to them. Um, and it, it's a gigantic circle uh, of grift and echoes. And
0: I mean, I mean, it's the same thing. Be. It's the same thing as groups like the World Economic Forum. You know, you want to mm-hmm. think that they're you know, supervillains, you know, assembling in a mountain under under the Swiss Alps. When actually, no, they genuinely believe that you will own nothing and be happy. They, yeah. they genuinely believe this. And the sad thing is, as C.S. Lewis wrote many many years ago about a different set of, you know, socialist social engineers. You know, it would be better if, in some ways, it would be better if they were, if they were greedy because their greed might be satisfied, but because they believe that that what they're doing is good for us, they they suffer no, uh, you know, no moral injury from inflicting
2: it on us. Yeah. Yeah. Moral cupidity, I think, was the expression he used.
1: You know, they also uh, there's no practical consequences either, because, of course, George Soros has armed security. Alex Soros has armed security. They live in mansions and penthouses and enormous estates. They're never going to experience the consequences of the district attorneys that they're funding. Um, you know, and like I said, I think it's for that reason. I think it's going to continue until either they run out of money or somebody, some intellectual, is brave enough to tell them the truth. To tell in in the Soros circle is brave enough to tell Alex Soros the truth. This is not working. This is hurting the people that you're trying to help.
2: Or, or if it or, gets so bad that it does begin to affect them personally. Well,
0: That's or or or. or- what happened in the I mean, in 1993, New York City elected a Republican mayor.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, the the if it gets so bad that politically their allies start losing.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Which I think we're seeing a lot of that yeah, play which, out which, now.
1: It's happening, which is happening right now. Mm-hmm. The, what we know of what Soros has been up to this year, though, uh, you know, he's he's still backing district attorney candidates. He did it in Pittsburgh. Uh, he's doing it in Fairfax, Virginia, um, places like Arlington. He's still doing it. Uh, but, you know, the the title of Soros-backed DA is incredibly toxic politically. Um, and, and Soros-backed in general is incredibly toxic. Now, one of the things mentioned in the Wall Street Journal op-ed is that they, uh, you know, uh, Anthony Romero, I think it was, uh, of the American Civil Liberties Union, says that he does not think that Alex Soros will be remain such a boogeyman to conservatives where I think versus words, um, as
2: I don't know if I buy that, Parker, I
1: don't think I buy it either. I, I <laughs> think that the people who assume that George Soros is some boogeyman to the right don't understand that it's not, this is not a conspiratorially minded baseless theory. We, we have real, gripes and disagreements and grievances with the things that Soros is doing. And if he was doing different things, we would not have, you know, a a grievance with him. I think Alex Soros, as long as he continues to do the same things that his father does, um, will remain just as much of a boogeyman, if not more, because he did say in the interview, I am more political than my father.
2: But is he going to be as successful? Because one thing stuck out to me, um, and I'm sorry to keep interjecting. I know Mike's looking at me like, all right, hush. Um, there was one line that that stuck out to me, and it was kind of – I guess it was cl- closer to the end of the article where one of his sports betting buddies is talking. They've quoted him, and he says something like, yeah, he ne- Alex, he never makes me pay when he wins. He just rubs it in my face. And I'm like, well, that doesn't sound like – <laughs> That's gonna work out too well. I think his father definitely would make you pay, is what I'm saying.
1: Potentially. Um I you know, there's a lot that remains to be seen, but I think we can expect that he'll definitely remain successful in, in I mean he has he has what,
0: twenty-five sure. I, I saw in the journal piece it's what twenty-five billion in assets. Yeah, twenty-five billion essentially billion. to there. command.
1: Yeah. Um now you know a billion less since rivian (laughs) since the (laughs) rivian investment went bad um and they've, they've now sold most of those shares um but yeah i i think we'll i i still think that alex Soros is a force to be reckoned with even though he might not be his father he still he still has the network that his father built to surround him and advise him and help him achieve whatever goal uh he decides to set his heart on
0: All right. Well, uh, I guess before we let you guys go, do you have any any closing thoughts, Sarah? Uh,
2: no, not really. I, I do sort of still wonder. Um, I think Parker gave an excellent um, sort of, you know, diagram of what we can expect. But I do sort of wonder. I'm always struck by Soros's ability to kind of shift gears a little bit. And I, and I think Jonathan Soros was quoted in the piece as saying the same thing. For example, like when George came out and said, you know, China's not doing good things. Um, it's interesting. And you would think, you know, because of his, um, you know, sort of the mythology of him being like a globalist and all of this stuff, um, I'm fascinated and, and you know, horrified like, just I think, like everyone I think else is, but I, I but I, from, I don't, I
0: think that's, I think that's from the, like, obviously I have grave philosophical disagreements with Soros, the elder, but I think what's clear is he has in his own way thought through and you know philosophized on his vision of the open society which I have many problems with and don't agree with and you know in in many ways um and you know that that's why he could come out and say that you know what China's doing is bad I question when you get to the second generation if that much thought has been put into it and, well, that's what I was getting ready to and, say. Yeah.
2: That's exactly what I was getting ready to say is that he, he has a nuance. George has a nuance probably just owing to, and I'd love Parker's thoughts on this to experience an age. Um, can we expect Alex, especially since he's wanting to get heav- more heavily into politics, is it mm-hmm. just going to be overwhelming?
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, Alex is a person who, you know, he was very fond of people like Stacey Abrams. Uh, mm-hmm. Not much ideology going on there. It fundamentally Stacey Abrams is a person in this is kind of proven by her career as a she started off as a community organizer, similar to a certain former president. Um, she is mostly focused on building power. And then the ideology is, is kind of a secondary thing. There are certainly some, uh, you know, generic woke beliefs, you would call it. But I, I don't think Alex Soros is nearly as sophisticated or refined in his beliefs. Um, he does, you know, he's not entirely a, a, a woke, you know, woke NPC is as, as the meme goes, <laughs> um, you know, for example, in the article they mentioned, he, he thinks that uh, college campuses need to be a place where free speech is tolerated. You know, uh, he also, uh, you know, he in the article he's quoted as saying just because someone votes for Trump doesn't mean they, they're lost or racist, um, you know. He's not entirely. Boy, that's
2: anathema to the messaging right now. Yeah,
1: exactly. Um, so it, it's he has he certainly has some nuance, and he's not entirely a, a woke NPC hive mind kind of person. Um, but I don't think we can expect to see the same nuanced and principled, principled like takes that uh, George occasionally made um, from Alex. <laughs>
2: okay. <All
0: right. laughs> Well, thanks again to my colleagues, Sarah Lee and Parker Thayer, for joining us. That's our show for this week. We encourage our listeners to subscribe on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. And if you have subscribed, thank you. And please leave us a five-star rating. Those ratings really help us find new listeners, especially if they come with a positive review. We'll see you all next week.